This morning, I'm going to be talking about a completely new subject. No, not really. Guess what I'm talking about? Holy Spirit, we're still there. We're doing it. We're pressing in. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. And how many of you guys enjoyed the, the sermon last week, the message last week? It was pretty heavy, right? There was some good stuff in there. You know what made it so good? It's reality. It's just me sharing, this is how the Holy Spirit works. What I love so much was I didn't have to drum anything up. I didn't have to, to it was, this stuff happens and it's real. And we got to not be afraid to press into all that the Holy Spirit has for us. And I know that there are people that get a little bit, squirrely when oh he's talking about tongues if that that ever happens i'm out of here right i was one of those guys until it happened to me right but i'm i'm going to share stuff from my heart again is that god has so much more than what we're accustomed to and the way we think and the way we think this world has to operate and the limits of what is possible and he wants to blow our minds and he wants us to get out of the little box that we've created for ourselves and for him and his power and he wants us to take a step of faith and really go the Holy Spirit is here to empower you in supernatural ways, to bless you, to love this world, to make a difference, and it's not always going to fit into your little realm of control and your, your sphere of influence and structure. Does that make sense? Because after all, he's the God that created the universe and created us, and who are we to try to limit this mighty God? And if he's saying, I want you as a church to move in more power and to, to go further than you've ever been before, I want to at least get you to the point where you're open to the idea, where you're open to the fact that maybe he could do something. Maybe he could take me farther. Maybe the God of the miracles and the healing and the prophecy and all that could actually give some of that to me to move through my life to number one, convince me how real he is in my life, but to enable me to bless the world around me with more power than, than all I can do on my own. If it was ever up to me to be a pastor and to do all of this on my own, I would have failed years and years ago. But it's literally every single day, every week, the Holy Spirit's power coming along with me, giving me wisdom, giving me boldness, giving me the ability to speak. I told you guys, I preach a lot better than I talk. In real life, I'm like not a very good talker or conversationalist, and I preach a lot better. And not, you know what that is? That's a power of the Holy Spirit in me that's gifted me and graced me to do that. I don't know how it works. I just kind of go with it every week. I'm freaked out every week when I have to get up here in front of you guys. Did you guys know that? Some of you guys think, oh, you speak so well. That's great. I could never do that. I freak out every single week when I have to prepare a sermon and go, oh, I got to get up there and speak five times again, God. But you know what? God shows up every week and somehow people get saved and the church grows and we're doing good things in the world. That's the power of the Holy Spirit in me. And so he's got more for you. And the reason he's got the power is that he loves you and he wants to show you that he's real. And I just want to say again from my heart as I, as I share some stuff today, um, it comes from a heart of God's love for you that he wants to reveal himself to you in more power and me in more power. And as I've been pressing in to the Holy Spirit and just really just partnering with him, that's all I'm feeling is more of God's love and intimacy in ways I've never felt before. And I, I want that for you guys so bad. I read a book a couple of years ago called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. Anybody ever read that book? Anybody in here? It's a really cool, go check it out. Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. It's by this guy named Jim Simbola, pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church in Brooklyn, New York. You guys have heard of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, right? They have all these awards and all this kind of stuff. Well, that's his church. But in 1971, 1972, he had inherited this church from his father-in-law. He didn't have a ministry background. He wasn't a pastor, but he decided, I'll, I'll take the church. And the church consisted of a building, but it only had like 20, 30 people. Small church. 
And he was given a go of it. He was, he was learning to preach and he was trying to lead these people and trying to do good things for God. And it was just going nowhere fast. And he was so discouraged. He was just like, God, I just I don't see it. I don't feel it. And one day, apparently in the middle of one of his sermons, he just kind of stopped and he goes, ah, can't do this anymore. Can you guys pray with me? And he just asked the church to, to pray. And he, he made a decision as God began to speak to him and said, don't worry about trying to grow the church and be the best pastor. Just take it back to the power of the Holy Spirit and just begin to press in in prayer. And he started organizing these, these meetings, these prayer meetings in his church and getting everybody just seeking the Holy Spirit's presence. And he says, don't worry about all of the, the chasing after the growth and the structure. Just, just press into me. And what he needed was, he wrote this book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. And he began pressing into the things of the Spirit. He was at a point in his life where he's like, there's got to be more to life than this. And this little church of 20 people or whatever in 1972 or whatever it was, to this day is a church of over 16,000 members. It has multiple campus sites and is doing all of this incredible work. But it was the fact that he had got to this point in his life where he says this quote, and I think they're going to put it on the screen. He said, I despaired at the thought that my life might slip by without seeing God show himself mightily on our behalf. And I, this is kind of what brought me to the, the place where our church is in and the, and the place in my life right now is, is, is God is good and I've been experiencing good things with God, but I haven't been walking in the full power that God has available for me. And I've experienced it and I've had times in my life and seasons of it when I know it's good. And for whatever reasons, Maybe I get too happy when all the times are good, like a lot of us, and we forget that it's God. And so we forget to stay there spiritually in our walk because everything starts going our way. And we kind of go, all right, it's good. And we forget to hunger and thirst after God. And then it's just kind of like, it hits me in ways. I'm, I despair at the fact and at the thought that my life might be lived. Another day might slip by. Another day in our church's life might slip by without us acting in the full power of God that he intended for us to walk in, the full victory, the full rhythm and flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I don't want that anymore for this church. And if you're not comfortable with where we're going as a church and you want to go somewhere, I I understand and that's okay. You got to go where you're fed, but we're going to be pressing into the things of the Holy Spirit here in this church because I want all that God has for me and all that God has for you. I don't want to settle for anything less. And if you think, well, that's weird. We're talking about tongues and demons and all that. That comes with it because that's who God is. And so we're going to dig into it and we're going to do it with order and we're going to begin to receive and we're not going to get weirded out and we're going to trust God that he's a good God and he has good things for us. But I just don't want any more years slipping by that we're not receiving all that God wants to give us. Is that, is that okay to say? That's just from my heart and that's the reality of where we're going and I don't know what that does to you and your commitment to this church or not. I'm hoping you're all in and you're jumping on board too and you're at least open to where we're going. But we're going and we're seeking the Holy Spirit and living our lives in power. Now that doesn't mean that every single day there's gonna be crazy dramatic miracles and all of this stuff but that it's going to be on a consistent basis as we, as we learn to live with him. The series is called With, that we're going to start hearing him. Here's what's going on in my life. I'm starting to hear him a lot more, more clearer. As I press in and as I actually take time to listen to him, he's guiding me. Every, I'm having conversations with the Holy Spirit that are, that are becoming natural, not forced. But I'm surrendering more. I'm letting him move. And he's, he's guiding my steps and my directions. He's giving me sometimes 
words of knowledge and words of prophecy or people are speaking to me and stuff is happening. I'm pressing in because I have the gift of speaking in tongues. Can I say that? It came upon me and I pray that way in my spiritual prayer time. And it does something for me. It moves me. And it's not weird. It's God. It's amazing. But you got to be willing to start taking steps towards that. So that's kind of where we're at. So I want to talk about this power of the Holy Spirit that comes. All the stuff that we talked about last week, all the, the miracles and the neat stuff, is we hear that stuff and we instantly go, that's, that's awesome. I want that. I want to know God in that way. But how do we get there? How are we, if you're like me, you've experienced it before, but you want to experience it on an ongoing, consistent basis. You want to stay, as it says in Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And again, it's a, it's a present tense word, meaning being filled, continually filled, filled to the point of overflowing in your life, that there's so much of the Holy Spirit and his power in your life that you're actually out there affecting other people. How do we stay there? And maybe if you're, you're a new Christian, how do you, I've never experienced that power at work in my life, and I don't know that baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm not there yet. Well, how do you get it for the initial time? I don't want to tell you about the formula for receiving baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's, there's a few qualifiers. Generally, one of the qualifiers is you need to be a Christian, right? You need to be saved before you can really experience the Holy Spirit's power. You got to be saved. But other than that, it's kind of about faith and it's about an attitude of the heart. It's not about formula. So I want you guys to hear me very clearly today. I'm going to talk to you about ways that we can position ourselves to have the right attitude, the right motives of the heart so that we can receive the, the infilling and the, the presence and the overflowing and the baptism, whatever you want to call it, the more of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. I'm not going to tell you a formula for how to get there, okay? I want to tell you about this is kind of the attitude that we should have that makes us ready to receive, but I've seen people get dramatically, visibly touched by the Holy Spirit um, through one simple prayer, just like, oh God, hey, I, I just met you today and I just, I want all that you have for me. And people, amazing things happen in people's lives. Whether it's tongues, whether it's speaking words of prophecy, whether it's warm feelings, whether it's tears, whether it's nothing at all in the emotional, because you know that might happen. You can still be filled with the Holy Spirit and you just didn't feel anything, but you begin to move in power. You begin to hunger and thirst for the word of God. You begin to, God gives you things to say for other people, or you might begin to exhibit the gift of healing, whatever. But it could be dramatic. It could be not dramatic. But all I know is I want more of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter how I get there. Amen? So I don't want to give you formula today on here's how to get there, the steps necessary. I want to talk about this. I believe that God is seeking for worshipers that worship in spirit and in truth. And he's looking for humble servants that are going to say, in all things, God, you are lifted high. It's all about you. It's less about me. I believe that one of the key words in us getting more of God and more of the power of God is this word, humility. I believe it comes down to humility. I believe it, it's, it's basically humility is saying, um, God, for you to move in my life, there needs to be less of me involved so that more of you can fill everything up. I've been reading recently in um, the Old Testament about Moses. And there's, a, there's something I discovered about Moses. Number one, Moses is an interesting guy because he was such a dynamic leader and he did all of this stuff. He still had his weaknesses, right? He was like, I can't talk very well. I have a speech impediment. And so Aaron would come along and kind of be the spokesman for Moses. So you see his weaknesses and yet he still moved in such power leading the Israelites out of Egypt and, and in the wilderness to the promised land and all of this stuff and all the things that Moses did. But Moses was a guy that spoke with God face to face. And I kind of question, what 
sets you up in a position where you could have that kind of intimacy with God. And one of the things I've discovered is what we're going to talk about today is a spirit of humility. It says in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3, that Moses was very humble. He was more humble than any other person on earth. A couple verses later in verse 6, God says, If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. I would speak to them in dreams, but not with my servant Moses. Of all of my house, all my kids, he is the one that I trust. I speak to him face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. And the reason that Moses had such an intimate, personal, ongoing, face-to-face talking relationship with the Lord God was back in verse three where it says, now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. I believe that for us to really receive and press in and get the intimacy with God that he would begin to move in power in our lives, there's this position of humility that we need to have in our hearts. And I wanna talk about some of the things that help get us to that position. Again, not formula, not steps, not like check, 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 check. God could come upon you and move in power in any way he wants to. He could do it right now in the middle of service, you in your car on the way home, you getting prayer from the prayer team. God can do whatever he wants to begin moving in power in your life. But here's what I see from scripture in a lot of the people who had this humility. This is kind of a lot of the characteristics that they had. These are maybe some things that you might want to write down as maybe this is what's been holding me back from receiving all that God has for me. Here's a first word, real simple word, starts with an S, surrender surrender. It could be simply a problem of, I've been seeking God for so long and how come he doesn't reveal himself? I want to know that power. And it could be something as simple as this. In order to be completely filled up with the Holy Spirit, you need to empty yourself out of some things first. If he wants to pour the living water into you so much that it's overflowing out of you, maybe you need to check the the plumbing a little bit, the pipes, and there's some clogs, and there's some junk, and there's some sin, and there's some things in there that you have let go unchecked for a long time. And you're going, I don't know why God doesn't want to move in power in me. The Holy Spirit's trying to get in there, but there's stuff in the way. You need to get that stuff out of there so that I can fill you up. Is that good? And here's, you know, some of the big things with surrender. Remember the one, one of the biggest things is unforgiveness towards other people. There may be someone in your life that you're just unwilling to forgive and there's, there's just like a grudge or there's bitterness and you've kind of chalked it up to, well, God understands, I hate that person and whatever, I'm just never gonna talk to him. Holy Spirit's going, I'm trying to love you and fill you with my love, but you don't even love other people, so that's a problem. You got some stuff that's unchecked that God may be telling you right now when I say the word surrender, that you need to get something out of your heart, out of your spirit so that he can come in. You're automatically thinking of one person's name right now. It could be that that's the thing. And so I'm not saying, again, this isn't formula, but I'm saying if God wants to, to, to move and pour his love through us as clean vessels, we need to clean up these vessels. And there may be things that, there may be unforgiveness. It might be that there's a, a, an addiction, a stronghold that you're like, well, I don't really visit that too much. It's there, but it's not that big of a deal. And God's going, it's a big enough deal that I can't give more to you because there's stuff taking up space in your life. It doesn't belong there. And there may be some things that we need to just surrender in our life. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins to him, in other words, if we surrender them and we, we deal with them, we're honest about them, then he's faithful and just to forgive us those sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. God's just saying, just be honest with me. Search yourself. And if some of, some of us are kind of in the place where we're like, I don't know if there's anything in there. You know what you do? You ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, can you reveal it to me? Because remember, one of the things he does is he brings to mind, he re- brings to remembrance the things in us that may be getting in the way of more of him in our lives. Holy Spirit, can you show me 
what's going on? Is there something in my life that might be getting in the way? And suddenly you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. I forgot that I, I have this in my life, that I have this unchecked in my mind or in my heart. And wow, thank you. And then you know what you do? Simple, confess it. God, here it is. I recognize it. I'm sorry. He is faithful and just to cleanse us from our unrighteousness, right? And to wash us clean. I love that. That's awesome. But it's about surrender. The other day I was preparing for the sermon and it was Thursday and I had all my notes and my agenda down and I was ready and I'm like, oh, this is, I got some good stuff to say. This is going to be good. Oh, I better make sure that the Holy Spirit's in on this thing too, right? I better make sure that he's blessing me. So I went and I lay down on my bed and I just go, okay, I'm just going to rest right now. I'm just going to receive from the Holy Spirit. I got my, my notes are all kind of ready. I'm good to go. And I go, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. That's a good prayer. I want more of you, Holy Spirit. And instantly he told me this, no, Carl, I want more of you. And I went, oh, oh, wait, wait a minute. No, no, I want more of you. And he goes, no. I want more of you. And he put things in perspective for me. It wasn't that I have my agenda and my control and my plans and everything in my life. And then I'm going to add a little bit of the essence of Holy Spirit to myself. Bam! That'll kick it up a notch, right? That's what I'm thinking. He goes, no, no, no. That's not how you get more of me. You get more of me by less of you. I want more of you, Carl, not you getting more of me. And it was just like, it was a mind blower. And I just said, I'm sorry. I came into this prayer with my agenda, my control, my stuff. And what you're asking for is surrender. Do you guys see that? It's letting go of our stuff. There's a, there's a quote by this pastor, Oswald J. Smith, that says, the fullness of the Spirit is not a question of our getting more of the Holy Spirit, but rather of the Holy Spirit getting more of us. What is it that we maybe need to let go of and surrender so he can have more of us? Here's the second thing that may be kind of holding us back from going further in our, in our walk with him. Trust. Real simple word, trust. Um, it's one thing to surrender, to let go of stuff, to empty out, but it's a whole other thing to now take a hold of God and to hold on for dear life and go, wherever you want to take me, I'm willing to go there. You know, when I was about 19 years old, I received this baptism of Holy Spirit or whatever, right? It was an it was a actual dramatic event in my life. I was in a prayer meeting and the, my leader, youth pastor came by and began to pray for me and I was at a place of just such surrender and brokenness and I was just ready for whatever God wanted to do. Holy Spirit came upon me. I started weeping. I started speaking in tongues and I just felt the greatest feeling I had ever felt in my whole life. And from then on, I began to experience more of the power of God. But you know what? I was scared to go deeper. I felt that and I felt really good. And then I got scared. I didn't have full trust in God because there's one thing I was thinking of. If I trust God and I move in this power, he's gonna do things in my life to change me. And I got instantly scared and this one word came to mind. You know what the word was? Africa. Africa. Here's my fear. Now that I am opening myself up to the power of the Holy Spirit, he's going to call me to be a missionary in Africa. And I'm going to be a weird guy that never gets married. And I'm going to move away from the beach and the ocean that I love. And I'm going to be some weird, holy, religious, zealot guy in Africa. God, I don't want to go to Africa. In my 19-year-old brain, that was my, my reasoning right there. I don't know if I can trust you any further, God. That Holy Spirit thing feels amazing, but I don't like where this is headed. I don't know if I can trust you. And I had to get over the fear that, that says, God is going to make you weird. He's going to do weird things to you. He's going to do things that you don't like to do. He's going to take you places you don't want to go. I had to learn to rely on the fact that, no, my God is a good God. He's not going to take me anything to, that's weird or strange. And if it seems weird to me now, if he's going to guide me to it, then he's going to provide me through it. Where God guides, God provides. And I had to learn to trust that whatever he wanted to do in my life was going to be good. 
And it, there's, there's an act of surrender. But for some of us to take a hold of this walking in power, there's things that we're scared of. Well, I, I, for sure, I'm not going to speak in tongues. That's weird. So I don't, I don't trust God that much because that can't be good. Or, or you know what? I don't know if I want him to lead me and to change me that much because it's scary. What if he does this? I was one of those guys that, you know, in um, all the meetings, like, and you see in TV and stuff like that, you, you know, they, they pray for you and you fall down on the ground and all that stuff. I was anti-falling on the ground guy, for sure. Like, never, that's ridiculous. What do you mean you just fall down? That's just, oh my gosh, you get talked into it or the guy knocks you down hard or whatever. And I was just mocking it and the whole thing all the way until God knocked me down one day. God, literally, I was in some meeting and someone was going around and praying and I didn't even feel the guy's hand on my head. And it wasn't one of those like stiff as a board planking kind of, you know, it wasn't one of those dramatic things. It was simply this. I was at a point where I was ready to surrender everything and trust God so much that, you know what, God, that's crazy. I don't know if, but you know what, if you're here, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll look like whatever. I'll be a fool for you. I don't care what happens. I just need you so bad right now. And I trust you. You're not going to make a fool of me and do anything dumb to me. And when I got to that point of complete surrender and trust, you're going to be good, God. I went to one of those meetings because I was hungry and someone prayed and I literally just, I crumpled. And it wasn't like ridiculous, showy, dramatic. It was like, the Holy Spirit is on me. He's here. He's hugging me. He's touching me. And I was like, um, well, I guess I got to go down right now, right? And it was just one of those things. And then when I went down, I just wanted to stay down. And I was crying. And I literally felt like an infant, you know, that's just being held. And all of that person's safety and life and everything and feeding and caring for is dependent on those parents. And I just felt like, God, just hold me. This is so, so good. What am I doing on the ground right now? This is ridiculous. I don't even care. I trust you. And when you get to that point in your life where you just trust you begin to realize that God is going to take you farther than you ever went before. So I, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to get weird, but it might be a little bit different. But you have to trust that God only is going to do good things for you. He's not going to take you to Africa if you're not willing to go to Africa. Amen? Trust. That's another big one that might be keeping some of us back. Here's another one is stay hungry. Just put that down. Stay hungry. It says in, in Scripture that those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. The problem with some of us is we have our nice little Christian lives in a box and we walk through our, we go to church and then we pray and we do our mini church and it's just so routine and it's so good, but we're not experiencing the power of God because all we're doing is just becoming complacent and we're falling into ritual and we're falling into routine and we've lost the hunger and thirsting for righteousness and so we are not being filled. That we have forgotten to, as Jesus taught in Matthew 7, 7, that you got to keep on asking, you got to keep on seeking, and you got to keep on knocking. Some of us are like, no, I did that before. I'm a Christian. I'm all good now. And God says it's ongoing. Be being filled. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. When is the last time that you were actually putting out extra effort above and beyond routine to seek God and to seek the power of God in your life? See, that's me. A lot of the time, the years in my life, is that I, 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 I visit the Holy Spirit's power from time to time, but no longer. I want to stay hungry every day. I want to be pressing in. I want to be pursuing the Holy Spirit. 
See, last week I turned 43. I had a birthday, right? And my kids made me some cool birthday cards, and I love this. Can I show you guys the, the cards really quick? I'm going to brag on my kids. I don't care if whether you want to or not. You're going to watch this right now. These are some pictures that my kids, because I love my kids. This is my five-year-old, Sammy. She drew me a birthday card. Now, if you don't speak five-year-old, you're not going to quite understand this, because it looks like it would appear to say, happy birthday, Dad. You, purse, are best on the ever. But if you understand five-year-old speak, you get it. You can, you can have the gift of interpretation for five-year-olds. Happy birthday, Dad. You are the best person ever, right? And she wrote me this card, and inside there's these pictures and these hearts and all this stuff, and it just melted my heart. And then I get one from my son, who's 12 years old, and this is his. In his 12-year-old way, he put effort into this thing. He, he, he printed out this picture, and I don't know if you can see it, but he photoshopped my head onto this guy professional surfer and then there's dad's head on this guy right and he wrote me this thing dad thanks for being such a rad dad love you Isaac and then he he made uh, actually the the envelope it was in out of surfing magazine and he taped it together he found a shell on the beach especially for me he got an autographed copy from uh, Clyde Icow of the sticker Eddie would go the story behind that Eddie Icow and everything but I thought oh man my son loves me he put some effort into this and my my 15 year old daughter um, Kylie she, she, she said she messed up. She left the H out, and so she just went with it. Bert's day. And she'd do Bert. And she'd do a really cool cover and really nice words. And it took her a while. She went with it, right? And here's the reason I'm showing you guys all of this. Is when I understood, when I saw and I comprehended how much effort my kids actually put in to writing me birthday cards and loving me and putting effort into the relationship with me. All it did was move me to want to love them more and give more stuff to them and bless them that much more. You guys understand that? Don't you think it moves the heart of God when we pursue him, when we stay hungry for him, when we put in a little extra effort than the regular routine of churchy, religious stuff that we do, and we actually go... God, I'm hungry for you. I'm seeking. I'm going to keep on knocking. Don't you think your father in heaven is a good dad that says, because of that, I see you seeking. I can't wait to give you more of my power. I can't wait to give you more of my blessing. Is that good? See, he wants us to stay hungry. I believe that's part of it is, is keep on asking, put in the effort. And then when you do kind of receive from him and he begins to speak in your life, because he is going to speak to you if you ask and you, you listen, there's the most important thing is you got to obey Write that one word down right there. That changes everything. So many of us, we hear God speaking to us sometimes and we don't do anything about it because we're scared or we're like, is that really God or what's going on? We've been seeking, we've been knocking and he starts to speak. We need to learn how to hear his voice and we need to obey. We need to put action to what he's speaking to us. First Timothy 4.8, the Amplified Version says, for physical trainings of some value, it's useful for a little, but godliness, spiritual training, is useful and of value in everything and in every way. For it holds promise for the present life and also for the life which is to come. That means we need to be practicing. We need to be exercising. And when God speaks, we do what he's asking us to do. He might tell us to go pray for someone. You go out, step out in faith, and you go pray. He might tell us, hey, I got a word for you to share with that person. You do it. He might be saying, I want to heal that person in faith. I want you to pray with expectancy that the gift of healing is on you right now, and that person's going to be healed. And you do stuff you don't normally do because you're trying to be obedient. But we would ask and we'd listen, and we don't judge what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. We don't get to pick and choose. No, I don't want that gift, God. Why'd you give me that one? I want the other gift. No, you obey. You go with whatever it is that he's given you. Remember, this is the same Holy Spirit 
that was with Jesus. This is the spirit of the living God. This is the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He's at work in you. And remember, Jesus never resisted the Holy Spirit. He didn't quench the Holy Spirit. Even when the Holy Spirit did things seemingly different and out of character and in different ways in the life of Jesus. You know what I mean by that? Is Here's an example. Jesus healing blind people. There's about four recorded cases in the Gospels of Jesus healing blind people. But the first time Jesus did it, it says in Scripture that the way he did it was someone was blind. Jesus walks up and you know what he did? It says he spit on their eyes. So he walks up, Holy Spirit tells him, hey, you're going to heal that guy. Here's what you do, spit on that guy's eyes. And that's like disgusting, but he spits on the guy's eyes. He lays hands on him and he goes, be healed. And, and he goes, can you see? And the guy goes, uh, it's, it's a little blurry. You know, you got spit in my eye, but he goes, it's a little blurry, but I'm starting to see men like walking like trees. It's a little fuzzy. Jesus lays hands on him again, prays again. And suddenly the guy can completely see. You'd be thinking right there, oh, awesome. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's the formula for healing the blind. Spit, lay hands twice, and they're good to go, right? That's not the case. Jesus, because he listened to the Holy Spirit the next time he went to go heal a blind man. You know what he did the second time? Second time, the guy comes by and goes, oh, Master Rabbi, we want to be able to see. And he goes, oh, you know what? Your faith has healed you. Go for it. You're set free. Didn't even touch the guy. Didn't spit on the guy. Just told him by his words, your faith has healed you. And the guys could instantly see. So two different times. But then get this. He goes and he heals the blind another time. And they ask for healing. And this time he goes, no spit. No, just words. I'm going to actually lay hands on you this time. I'm going to try a different perspective. I'm going to try a different approach. Then the other time, you guys know, is the blind guy that came to him. And, and he goes, I want to be able to see. So Jesus spits in the dirt, makes mud, wipes it in his eyes, and says, now go wash off in that pool over there. And then you'll come back being able to see. Here's what I want you to catch in all of that. How come Jesus didn't use the same formula all of those times? Because he was listening to the Holy Spirit who's telling him, you just do what I want you to do. Listen and obey. It might look different every single time. And there's going to be times in your life when you're going to go, uh, God, God, what do you mean you want me to go touch that person while they're worshiping? I don't touch people, God. I'm not a hugger, right? Then you may have to go and just put your hand on the shoulder. Oh, step of faith, obedience, boom. And you watch that person crumple and turn around and go, I was asking God for a touch today and you were the, the person and they open up and you begin to pray for them. That stuff happens to me, right? I don't want to do, I'm scared to go pray for that person. You know what happens? When God tells you to, to step out in faith in the power of the Holy Spirit, when he's telling you to do something, it's a privilege and an honor to be used by God to bless someone else's life. And what happens sometimes, what's happened to me before, hopefully doesn't happen anymore, because I've been in a situation where God tells me, hey, go and speak these words to that person. No, God, that doesn't make sense. That's not even what we're praying about right now. No, I want you to go share that word. No, I don't, I don't think I want to do that thing. You know what? God loves that person so much. He wants to bless that person so much. He gave someone else in the room the same word that he gave me. They spoke it out over that person. That person's blessed. Life has changed. And I just missed out on being part of the blessing because I wasn't obedient. And then I'm over there. Wait, I, I got that same word too, right? It's like, too late. Sorry, Carl, you're out, right? They already gave the word. But it's a feeling of if you don't obey right away, you're missing out on an opportunity to be a blessing in someone else's life. God is trying to love people in this world. He's trying to use us to do it. And we get a little bit scared and we get right up to the spot where we got to obey and we, we kind of step back. We're, we're missing out on all that God would be preparing us. When God tells you to do something, you just do it and watch what happens. The results are up to him. Amen? Because it's good. It's so exciting. And the one thing that we, I think, keeps us back from receiving more of the Holy Spirit and walking in power all the time is we just simply forget to give glory to God. 
we forget to give thanks and glory to God. We're so enamored by the miracle and by the gift that we forget to go and give the giver the credit that he deserves, that he did it. Because when I do something good for my kids or my friends and they thank me for it, it just makes me want to do more of it in their life. But if they forget about me, it kind of makes me go, well, I guess, I don't know, I guess they don't need my help. I guess they don't really rely on me too much. I guess I don't really have room to keep going in their life. And I think there's an amazing display of this in Genesis 41 when Joseph was in prison and, and Joseph was able to interpret people's dreams because God gave him that ability. And Pharaoh came to him and said, hey, I have this crazy dream. Joseph, I hear that you have the power to interpret dreams. And here's Joseph's response right away. when He goes, yeah, you got this power to interpret dreams. Joseph says in Genesis 41, 16, you know what? It's beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied, but God can tell you what it means and he can set you at ease. Interesting that Jake, uh, Joseph instantly made God famous and not himself. That when the gifts come upon you or, or God empowers you, the Holy Spirit moves, it's an opportunity for you to make God famous, not yourself. It's an opportunity every single time God comes through with a praise report or a testimony, it's an opportunity for you to plant seeds in someone else's life that says, I serve a mighty living God and he wants to love on you and he has a relationship with you. That the gifts aren't for us, again, it's for us to go right back and give thanks. There was 10 lepers that came to Jesus in the Bible. And they're going, hey, Jesus, we believe you have the power to, to heal us. We got leprosy, our arms are falling off and our ears are falling, you know, whatever, leprosy, it's bad. Jesus, we believe that you can heal us. Then he goes, oh, you know what? Your faith has healed you. Go tell the priest that you're going to that you've been healed. And they're like, like that? Okay. And as they went, believing that, they got healed. And by the time they got to the priest, they told him, look, we're completely healed. Jesus told us. However, of the 10, one guy came running back. Hey, Jesus, you know what? Praise God. Praises to you. Thank you. You're the son of God. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for healing me. And he goes, what? wasn't there 10 of you? How come there's only one? Where's the other nine? Where, how come they're not, they're not about thanking me? And he goes, you know what? Let's, let's make this case in point, an example. One guy came back, and because you came back to give thanks and glory to the healer, to me, he goes, your faith has saved you. It was initially their faith, their lighter faith in the miracles that, that healed them, but this guy got the further blessing, the further healing, because he came back and gave glory where, where glory was due. Amen? Don't you want to be that one guy? Doesn't that make you want to be the one that says, God, I'm going to come back and remember that it was you that did that for me because I want to receive the further blessing. God is going to empower the people that realize that the power comes from him and he gets all the credit and the glory. Amen? So when God shows up in your life and you got a, a praise report, make sure you go talk about it. Make sure you give him the credit. How is it that we go to work on Monday morning and everybody else around tells everything that happened on their weekend and all the stuff that they did. And they can talk about all the people they hooked up with and all the parties they went to and all the different stuff, right? And then you try to talk about God and you feel like, oh, I shouldn't share because that's religious and I don't want to put my beliefs on them. Well, they just told you everything that they did on the weekend. Why can't you just say, oh, by the way, I got healed of something and God used me to pray for someone else. Why are we so scared and so timid? We got something backwards there. We need to be able to be bold people because every time you share something that God did, you're planting a seed in someone's life and in their heart and in their mind that is going to be able to draw them closer to Jesus in some way, shape, or form. Amen? We need to be, stop being so timid. We need to give glory where glory is due. And I just want to end it with this, is that the power is driven by love, that there is a motive behind the power of the Holy Spirit coming into our lives. And that is what Luke says in, or Jesus says in Luke 4.18 in the New King James Version. He says, 
the spirit of the Lord is upon me because. This is what you got to pay attention to. Why does the spirit of the Lord come upon you and me and Jesus? There's a because. There's a reason behind it. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. There's a because, there's a reason why we're supposed to be tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit is so that we can bring salvation and hope and healing and encouragement and love and favor of the the Lord into other people's lives. Amen? The power of the Holy Spirit is given to us to be put on display through us so that God can show that he loves people, so that he can build other people up. Here's what I mean by that. The gifts of prophecy, the gifts of, of, of knowledge and things like that. Two years ago, I was sitting in a conference at Hope Chapel, West Oahu, it's called the Equip and Inspire Conference. You guys have been to those. They're really good. But two years ago, 2011, the guest speaker was this guy, Brian Houston, um, pastor of Hillsong Church, Australia. And they're, they're a really big church. They plant churches all around. I've, I've admired this guy's ministry and just kind of, I admire the fact that he's, he's big and they have worldwide influence and yet he's really grounded. He's really grounded in the word of God, but he actually is real humble. He still absolutely loves Jesus and he loves people. And I watch and, and people like that impress me. Again, we're talking about humility here. I see the humility of this man and I'm, I'm drawn to that. And I think that's, that's what God's all about. But I, I thought I would never get the chance to meet this guy. He's so way up there in the pastoral realms, you know. But, but I, I'm blessed by his ministry. But he comes to Hawaii, comes to speak. And I was like, wow, I can see him up close and personal. The night before he spoke, I actually got to meet him really quickly over dinner. And I just thought, wow, I, I never would have thought I would get to meet this guy. It's kind of just neat to, to see him. And I saw how humble he was. And so I just met him briefly. But in the middle of his sermon that night, some of you guys, any, was anybody there that night um, in 2011? In the middle of his sermon, some of you guys know remembers. Middle of his sermon, he's on the stage and I'm, I'm sitting there listening. I'm at a kind of a, a tough time in my life going through some hard stuff and I'm just, I'm blessed to be receiving from the Lord. So I'm listening expectantly. He's preaching on stage. He's got this really great sermon and all this. And in the middle of his teaching, he just comes walking off stage and he comes walking right up to me. I'm in the front row. He stops his sermon, just kind of cuts through and he goes, and Carl calls me by name. God would say to you, and he just began to speak encouragement and words of prophecy into my life. And I'm just sitting there going, what the heck? He's, is this happening right now? Like he just walked off the stage in the middle of his sermon and he's speaking and he spoke these encouraging words to me and told me things that God's doing in my life and things about what people were praying for me before I was born and stuff like that. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And then he just walks back up, finishes the rest of his sermon and the rest of the night and I'm blown away. And you know what I was blown away by? is this, that God would love me so much to bring this guy all the way from Australia, who I never thought I would meet in my life, to come and preach, to interrupt his sermon because God gave him words, power of the Holy Spirit, prophetic words, to come walking up to say to me, to my face in the middle of that, God is making a point to say, I went out of my way, Carl, to show you that I love you, that I love you and that the gifts are used to be shown that God loves people and he's trying to draw them into relationship with himself. So for all of the fear and all the, oh, I don't want to speak words of prophecy and that's weird and I don't know if I believe in that. You know what that did to change my life, to boost my faith, to show me that my God loves me? Just the other day, another example, 
I, was, I woke up in the morning discouraged on Valentine's Day, right? My wife got me a good card. She went off to work, and I'm like, I, I should be feeling great. I love my wife. I love my kids and everything. And I just felt this discouragement in my head. Couldn't put my finger on it. I was like, God, why am I feeling this way? Why am I, is there, did I, am I guilty of anything? Is it disappointment? What's going on? I couldn't kick the feeling, getting the kids ready for school early in the morning, making toast. And all of a sudden, my, my, my text goes off. I'm like, who's texting me this early in the morning? I get a text from my friend. He says, hey, sorry so early. Holy Spirit woke me up and he had me praying for every member of your family. And he had me praying specifically for encouragement for you. Hope you have a great day. And I was just like, whoa, that's heavy. That God loves me enough to stir in my friend's heart the power of the Holy Spirit to move him to pray for me and to tell me that he's praying for me because I was feeling a little bit discouraged. God spoke to me right where I'm at. Let me just make this point to you guys. The reason for the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the power is not for sensationalism or for us to get caught up in the hype and the miracles and all of that. It's simply so God can work through us to love on other people. You guys get that? And I want to be a part of that. I want God to use me in any way I can. I need all the help I can get at reaching this world around me and reaching out to you, his body as well. And I'm saying, Holy Spirit, more of your power, your motive is love. I'm all in. Amen? Let's bow our heads and pray. God, we love you and we thank you that you are a God of power. You're not just a God of, of words and religion and rules and routine. Lord, I wouldn't want any part of that. I really wouldn't. I'm sick of religion, but I'm all about relationship with you. I'm all about a, a living God that actually moves in power. Lord, and I want to experience that. I want to live and move in that power freely, daily, consistently not just from time to time, season to season, but all the time. Lord, I don't want to miss out on any of the mighty power and move of God that you would have for me and for us as a church. Lord, we're ready and we're open and willing to move towards you. Help us be people that live humble lives so that we can receive from you. We know that that's what you're after is a humble and broken and contrite heart before you. Lord, you can, you can do so much with that, Lord. So that's where we want to be. Help us to be there. Help us to surrender those things that might be getting in the way of, of your pouring out your living water in and through us. Lord, whatever it is, could you reveal to us, Lord, this week, the things that might just be the clogs in the pipe, Lord, and we need that spiritual draino to come in and just cleanse us and to wash us out so that we could freely know you and, and walk and operate in your power, Lord. I pray right now, Father God, if there's anybody in this room that, Maybe you're sitting here today and you've never even taken the first step towards a relationship with God. You like what you're here this morning and you feel like that's you and you need that and you want God at work in your life, but you don't quite know how to get there. You've never taken that step to really be a Christian and experience this God of might and of power. If that's you this morning, I want to say a prayer with you and for you that will help make things right between you and God. A prayer of the heart that is just one that surrenders to him and allows him to begin to move in your life and change you. So I'm going to say the prayer with you, and I'm going to ask you to pray with me. I'm not going to ask you to pray out loud in front of these people. That might be hard for you. That's scary. But what I'm going to ask is that you, in your heart of hearts, would agree with the words that I'm saying. You would make my words your words to God, and that you would do business with him right now, and that he would begin to come into your life and change you as you give your life to him right now. So if that's what you'd like to do to really become a Christian, take a step of faith and, and say yes to all he has for you. Um, Pray this prayer with me in your heart as I pray it out loud. And maybe you're someone that has come coming back to Jesus today and you want to pray that prayer as well. It's been a long time 
and you've been living away and apart from him and you're just saying, it's time to rededicate. I need to get real again with God and I want that too. So you can join in this prayer as well. I wanna ask you one thing though. People around you, their eyes are closed and their heads are bowed but I want you to let me know that you're gonna be praying with me here today just as a sign of accountability and just to let me know who I get the honor of praying with. So I'm gonna to count to three before I pray and I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. When you raise your hand and I see you, then we'll know that we're praying here together, then we'll go ahead and pray. I just want you to let me know if you would, just hold your hand up on the count of three. One, two, three. Is there anybody here today that would like to pray that prayer as I look around? Look at, I see a hand, I see two hands. Right there, I see three hands. Father God, thank you, Father. I'm looking, anybody else in this room today? Thank you, Lord. So about three hands in the room today. If I didn't see you, don't worry, God saw you. Just pray this with me real, real simple. God, I need you, I love you, I believe in you, I want you in my life. I believe Jesus died on the cross in, for my sins to take the place of all the, the wrongdoing and the, the separation I have from you. I believe that he died took that sin upon himself, didn't deserve it, but he did it for me. And then he rose again on the third day to prove that he is God and power over death and sin and guilt and all of my issues and all of my baggage. Lord, I believe from that moment on that as I say yes to you, that Lord, you will set me free. You'll begin to move in my life and change my life. Lord, as I begin to follow you right now, Father God, for the rest of the days of my life, you're gonna partner with me. You're gonna meet me where I'm at. You're gonna change my life for the better. And I can expect to see power and change and growth and different things happen in my life because of you in my life, Lord. So I promise to follow you from this day forward, reading my Bible, going to church, learning to pray, getting baptized, receiving all the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, everything that you have for me, my answer is yes, I want it. Here I am, God. I will follow you from this day forward on into eternity. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for calling me your child this morning, starting here right now. Thank you for all that you're going to do in my life. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. The church said, amen. Amen, amen. Can we praise God for those, those hands, those three people this morning? Yeah, it's good.